Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Small Council Radio. Uh, as usual, I want to give the disclaimer that I am still uh, out doing that thing that I could be called at any moment, um, but I chose a time of day that worked for not only me, but uh, our guest and our and my co-host, uh, as well as, you know, a time where I'm, it's very unlikely that I'll be asked to do something, but I just want to throw that disclaimer out there, just case. But worst case, if I do have to leave, I will uh, just have our guest and uh, Craig, uh, my co-host, kind of finish off the show. But uh, you know, without further ado, um, if you haven't already seen the title, the show overall, the show is going to be about cavalry units and how to properly use them. But the whole reason for having the show is uh, our guest, uh, Lords of the North. He is a new content creator out there, or relatively new, and I just wanted to create a show to, you know, give him a shout out and, you know, kind of raise awareness, I guess, to anyone that's hungry, you know, that's really hungry for more content. Um, but, you know, before I, you know, get on a tangent, I want to. Thank, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thank you, David. It's my pleasure, and I appreciate uh, the opportunity that you are giving to me to uh, to be on your show. Yeah, of course. You know, that's kind of the one thing about uh, our show is we just we want to do it for the community, and you know, and we want to find anyone who's willing to create content and kind of give them a a boost because sometimes it's it's hard to get. Uh, a lot of people to realize that you're making content. Uh, I mean, we've been doing it for two years now, and there's still some people that don't even know that we exist. And that's why I try to, like, post our stuff at different times of day on different channels just because, you know, it's it's not like other more, uh, I would say, popular games like Warhammer where, you know, you just, you can kind of get popular really quick because there's so many more players. Uh, for a game like this, uh, you know, we only have like an, a, a small knit community. It, it's harder to find uh, content creators. And, uh, you know, I, I want to try to do my best to make sure that everyone kind of knows every option available to them. Um, yeah, that's so true. With that, but, uh... I need to admit I don't do this to be popular. Uh, I, I'm uh, I doing this for, for having fun because, like you say, uh, this game is not a, a game that you can uh, become famous or anything like this. We have a beautiful community, but it's still a small community. Exactly. So uh, with that said, uh, why don't you kind of just tell us about your content, where they can find you, and just uh, just anything and everything. Yeah, but Lord of the North is really a small YouTube channel, and um, we like to do battle report, and sometimes I do a, a quick episode uh, that I name uh, Let's Talk About the Fire, and I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking about a subject, serious subjects, and I think I give really good tricks to player, but I'm doing it, um, and, uh, and I'm using a lot of humor while I'm doing it, because uh, I'm kind of a troll uh, and I like to to put meme in my uh, in my video, and uh, I I speak my mind. Uh, I don't uh, I don't do politically correct, you know. Yeah, and that's awesome. You know, stuff like that can really help keep people engaged in the video, and uh, you know, keep people wanting to come back for more. 
Yeah, exactly. I just try to be positive because I, I truly believe that A Song of Ice and Fire, it's one of the, 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 the best game outside for miniature gaming. I, I play Warmer Fantasy for so long. And when I, I feel uh, my, my hobby uh, with A Song of Ice and Fire, uh, I realized that the game was so much better than any Warmer game I ever play. I know that some Warmer player may, may try to want to hunt me down and uh, shut me up, but I truly think that this game, if they just fix their balance issue and their, their distribution problem, can overgrow any other miniature game. I definitely agree. I think uh, there's definitely been a lot of it's in the road for this game, but you know the fact that even with all these bumps, you know it's still going strong is is something you know that kind of shows how strong the current community is. And you know I can't wait to kind of see how uh, things you know blossom. I guess we'll say once the hiccups kind of you know stop uh, you know coming about all the time. So. Um, yeah, that's true. So I, and the last thing I wanted to do to to speak before we go to the other subject is uh, my re battle report. If you go see there, the, the you're gonna see it's a unique take uh, on battle report because uh, we are filming it, and after uh, we have played the game, uh, we come back and uh, we listen to the game and comment it. And uh, a lot of players love this way um, to listen battle report because you don't have a long silence. We always talk about the game and we talk what were our strategy and we also call our mistake. Um, and we are doing this uh, while laughing and uh, telling George and sometimes even uh, poking each other. Um, if you go listen, the, 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 last, the, the, the last episode, the, 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 the fifth and maybe even the fourth one, we changed the camera angle and a lot of stuff and I think they are really good. Nice. Yeah, that's always a great uh, you know, thing to add to a battle report, you know, because sometimes people just, you know, you might even encounter some people that, you know, don't really have time to watch a battle report, but they want to listen to it. You know, it's kind of like listening to, you know, baseball or basketball or football on the radio. You know, it may be better to watch and listen at the same time, but sometimes you may not be able to. And so it's always nice to kind of have that commentary and uh, not only the commentary to give you an idea of what's going on, but also to help you figure out what's going, you know, what's going through the players' minds as uh, the game's developing. Exactly, and we are not taking ourselves seriously. We are really just there to to have fun. I think we are a good player, but we are not like expert, uh, and I don't think that we know everything. But uh, any player that watch our video, I'm pretty sure they can learn something and have a good laugh. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, before we jump into the main topic, uh, Craig, was there anything uh, on your mind? Nope, you guys are doing good. Awesome. All right. So, um, again, if you haven't already seen the title, we're going to be talking about cavalry units and just kind of how to use them. Um, no, like we will talk about in particular units of cavalry, but in general, the topics mostly about how to, you know, how to position them and how to really, you know, make them uh, complement your force, uh, you know, in combination with other units. So. Um, this topic was uh, chosen by uh, Lords of the North, so I'm going to let you kind of take it away. What uh, What's kind of your opinion about the, 
cavalry unit. <laughs> cavalry unit is by far my favorite unit, and uh, I cannot go a game without them. Uh, cavalry units are so important in my mind, and uh, you need to play them well. Uh, I really think that somebody, even if it's EV cavalry, if they charge in the face of another unit without any plan, they're just going to kill, uh, get killed and uh, be butchered and uh, lose a point. Because when I'm playing the game, I'm always thinking how many points I'm investing uh, in this battle. Uh, for example, if I put a, a unit on, a, on an objective and all game is going to be uh, doing nothing, but if this unit's worth six points, uh, I'm going to play 32 points against 4D. Uh, cavalry unit always costs uh, higher than infantry unit, and I don't want them to be stuck against a lower price unit. Then I need to make, make them worth their price and be efficient in the game. Then for every cavalry, what I want is to trap my opponent uh, and try to, to flank them. I want them to break their formation because I took my cavalry and I positioned them in a way that he cannot longer stay in the line or in a turtle formation. And uh, the last thing that I love with them is doing a double uh, combo. Uh, what I mean by that is I, I usually bring two cavalry, and when I'm going to charge with them, I'm going to charge uh, twice uh, in the same round uh, on the unit to take the unit out. Because at the moment, the healing is so strong uh, that if you just charge uh, with only one unit of cavalry, it's going to be a sand pit, and you will not be able to, to, to kill the unit in a long time. What I want to do is uh, maybe if I have more activation, charge at, with my last activation. When I know that the other one, I'm going to be the first player, and maybe charge again with another unit of cavalry, and uh, always doing the one-two combo. If you charge with only one cavalry unit, it, it, it won't be enough. Or you use your cavalry as a finishing unit. Then you have two units of infantry that they are fighting each other. When you saw that your enemy is weak enough that if you charge them, you're going to kill them, then that is your um, time to charge. Yeah, and I think uh, that's probably like the number one mistake a lot of players make is, uh, you know, just kind of throwing your cavalry out there thinking, you know, there's supposed to be this uh, unit that just headlong crashes into the enemy and though you know we could say like flayed men could do that but really i still believe that flayed men are supposed to be you know you're supposed to still try to use their mo their mobility to your advantage um so craig uh what's what about you what uh is your position on i know you absolutely love cavalry with targaryens and whatnot right now what's uh your position on them uh, Calvary is a game winner, <coughs> or sorry, Calvary is a game winner or a game loser if you use them inappropriately or you don't counter your opponent's Calvary appropriately. Um, and I think that the first step to using your Calvary properly is determining what kind of Calvary you have, which seems obvious. But some people, you you can't take Calvary just because well I've got an extra seven points or I have an extra eight points and that's how I decide what Calvary I take. Um, you can't, you don't want to do it that way. You can if, say, you have the extra point and don't have a way to use it. But you want your cavalry to augment um, the strengths and weaknesses of your army. Um, for example, you mentioned Targaryens, and that's what I'm playing right now. They have um, different types of cavalry in that they have screamers, and I consider screamers to be light cavalry. 
So I use Calvary and, and Stark Outriders also fit that um, as an example, or the Mummer Zorse Riders, and I use them as disruptors. So if I look at my list and it's like, well, I don't have anything to disrupt my opponent's plans with, um, and I don't have a cavalry unit, then I want this kind of cavalry unit. Whereas if I look at my list, I'm like, well, I've got other units that can harass and disrupt, but I don't have any heavy hitters. Okay, well, then I better invest in in something like heavy cavalry, which would be like Flayed Men or Tully Cavaliers, something like that. So I think it's really important that you identify what kind of cavalry best fit your list and, and, and your faction, of course. Some factions don't have the option. But what kind of cavalry best fits your list and best fills the gaps that you have in your list. Yeah, I think, uh, and that's kind of where, I mean, Targaryens definitely have a lot of tools in that regard. They have so many different cavalry options for that. But I think that, uh, you know, even something as simple as Starks, who have, you know, your Outriders versus your Tully Cavaliers, you know, you really have to figure out what role you want your cavalry to perform um, but to still understand that even how uh, heavy versus light cavalry are still going to have a lot of overlapping um, strategy. You know, I, like I mentioned before, you um, heavy cavalry can charge just head on to a unit, but really you still want to try your best to get that flank. You know, because head on is you know, is never the optimal, you know, charge, obviously, you know, uh, and that's, you know, really with anything, but cavalry with their ability to move so much faster than, let's say, infantry means that, you know, if you're really trying to use their speed to your advantage, you should be able to get flanks in a lot of scenarios, especially mid to late game. Yeah, and me what I love is uh, when you were talking about uh, Targaryen, in my mind, it's the uh, faction when you want to play a uh, uh, cavalry. Uh, when you take Call Drogo Commander, it's just crazy good. Uh, it's right by attack tactic cards, allow you to uh, bypass a unit and go at the back of all his army. And uh, if we were protecting any unit that he was hiding uh, be- behind his, uh, his tanky unit, now surprise, you are there. And Cal Drogo is like a, an assassin attachment. And uh, because in, on, on horse, your opponent cannot really uh, hide this important uh, attachment because you're going to be able with your maneuver uh, to, to, to go get him. Uh, I, I love him so much. And with even assault order, uh, you can position yourself uh, and activate and your enemy cannot feel safe because you know that uh, your next NCO activation, you can charge him. Uh, Targaryen at the moment with uh, Call Drogo Commander is the perfect faction to play cavalry. Uh, when you were talking about uh, light cavalry, yeah, for sure, some people play light cavalry like an infantry unit and think that uh, after a charge, they're going to be able to stay and fight uh, uh, a, a couple of rounds. Uh, me, uh, if you charge and you're still in the, in the melee uh, and you were not able to kill your opponent, disengage, retreat, and uh, go f- fetch another flank charge with another unit, you cannot stay there uh, longer than maybe two attacks. Uh, If you do this, uh, it's a mistake. Yeah, and, you know, Calvary may have that benefit of only two ranks, but 
in a lot of cases, that second rank is just not a lot of attack dice, or second rank, so I mean the last rank. The last rank isn't a lot of attack dice, and though they may only need six, they may need six wounds to knock you down a rank, um, you know, you really aren't going to be nearly as effective uh, as you would want to be. Um, so knowing when to retreat is a big part of, or even not, not even necessarily just knowing when to retreat, but knowing when to just maneuver and march, like, out of line of sight into the flank rather than charging uh, or retreating rather than attacking is also a big part of cavalry because I've seen uh, I've seen it countless times. You know, people just use their their cavalry, charge in the front of a unit, and then stay locked up basically all game. I mean, if that's what your plan was from the get go, you should have just ran an infantry unit. I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, because you're really not getting the benefit of their speed at all if you're locked in combat like the whole game um you know and you can really uh throw your opponent a curveball by either retreating when they weren't expecting it you know especially if you're like a six maneuver uh cavalry and now you're going like possibly 12 inches away or uh or even just maneuvering and marching you know if they're a six inch cavalry you're looking at 18 inches you could easily get in to the rear of some of some units forcing them to have to turn their you know to pivot exposing their flank and or rear to other uh like infantry units that aren't as fast so i think yeah just trying to figure out when it's appropriate to do so is is kind of a challenge in itself yeah that's so true and um I'm going to finish with Cal Drogo, and uh, it's a tactic card uh, uh, lead by the, um, I'm sorry, uh, the, 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 the one that makes you charge uh, Assault Order. Uh, you, you told it, the mobility is so great. Uh, what I love to do with them, and uh, I see uh, some of opponents doing it to myself after I, I show them, it's uh, with your big, inf- your big cavalry unit, uh, you play them at, at last. You do a huge um, march, after that, when you begin, you always do this when you start the, the next round. When you start the next round, you do another huge march. And after two 18 inches march, or maybe 15 if you are in Flamen, uh, for sure you're going to be in the back of all the enemy infantry units. Now you're going to be in pincer move. Uh, after that, you do this when you have assault order in your end. And after that, you, stand, you can still charge. And your opponent cannot uh, turn all his units. Uh, offside and if you do this you have all your other unit they're going to charge him in the in the in the rear the the, the mobility the tactic card uh, of the targaryen are so great and you can do this with other unit but never as good as uh, when you have called rogo commander that is one of the reason i ate him a little bit uh, and i think that is the second best commander in the targaryen and uh, i really wish that they um they find a solution to make him uh, good but not that good uh, that, that that the way that he feel right now. How about you, Craig? Ah, uh, that's what I run. So I, I really <laughs> see him nerfed. <laughs> I understand, but, but no, an assassin that can move that fast, 
the fact that uh, he have the one of the best tactic card in the game uh, with assault holder and even I think the other one uh, right by attack is even better. Uh, he, he is unbelievable. Uh, in my mind, uh, he, you can do almost anything you want, and when the blood rider gonna be there, he he gonna be everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're completely right. I had uh, overrun and assault orders in my opening hand at one of the games at Nationals. And so with my activation, I, I waited and waited for him to activate. With my activation, I charged, messed his unit up, assault orders, killed his unit, then overrun. So at the end of round one, he was down almost two full units just off of two tactics cards and one unit. It was... It's not fair. Uh, yeah, that's him. true. And overrun, <laughs> it's unbelievable. You know, right now, um, everybody are scared of him when he is in the flame man. But I, I'm so eager to see him in the Blood Rider and to see the face of the opponent when they're going to see how strong. Because in the Blood Rider, it's just going to be uh, one of the biggest tank units of the game. In the top three. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think people realize how tanky this unit is going to be. Uh, you know, when we're talking about cavalry, I say... Uh, you need to be careful because uh, if your cavalry is stuck, um, it's not good. But him, if he is stuck, it's not that bad because he will always survive and live. Yep. Yep. Especially if you, you know, run some healing in there, either Mopatis or Tycho or something. But so um, now to kind of shift over to talking about some of the oddball cavalry units. Um, more so the the ranger trackers and the uh, the Dothraki outriders. Now, these units are so good. And I know a lot of people might uh, not think trackers are all that great anymore now that they're seven points. I think they're just overshadowed by all the other seven-point units you can run with Night's Watch, but I still think they're awesome at seven points. With that said, I think they're kind of tricky uh, at first. It, it It's not something that you can play very easy uh, if you're not used to how, you know, ranged cavalry are supposed to work. Uh, Outriders are a little easier just because they at least have the, the long-range option, but Ranger Trackers can really, you know, I my nephew plays Night's Watch, and he has a hard time with Trackers sometimes just because of that short-range option while not necessarily wanting to be in combat. So, again, I think this these units really uh, will succeed a lot more by positioning and that rain or that uh, maneuver that they have just really sets them up for a lot of success mm-hmm. if uh, if played right. Yeah, that's true. And me, the Ranger Tracker, uh, when they were six point, they were so good. Uh, they were unbelievable. Right now at seven point, I think they are they are priced well. And uh, it's just because people don't understand that these guy you you never never shoot in the face of an opponent. Uh, it's not a big deal if you miss one round of shooting with them. The important thing is always to be out of the line of sight, to never be caught. And uh, these boars are actually not good against other cavalry units. And when you are in a tournament, if you see your opponent, 
bring one or two units of cavalry, you don't take the ranger tracker because he has the mobility to face you and to go hunt you. You will never be able to be in this blind spot. But ranger tracker against infantry, oh my God, they are so great. That's the, the only thing that people need to know when they are playing them. Don't never play ranger tracker against cavalry. You play them against infantry and you will see how good they are and uh, their real potential. How about you, Craig? I know you absolutely love your Outriders. Yeah, um, well, with Ranger Trackers, since they only have a short-ranged attack, um, like he was saying, you have to be patient with them. Um, uh, Passive-aggressive is, is how I like to put it, because what you need to do is you need to wait for an opening in your opponent's line to sneak them past, and then, like he said, once you're in the rear, it's it's lights out. Either they turn to face you and try to chase you, or they take shots um, in the rear and flank. Uh, and the Outriders are in some ways, okay, so it's one of my favorite units, but in some ways because they have the long range, it can be a trap because the whole point of them is the same as the trackers, and that is to get behind and harass and mess with your enemy. But it's so easy, and I do this a lot, to just park them on an objective and then use them like a long range unit. Get to the objective first and then just start shooting long range. But with with both units, um, it's so beneficial to just push, be uh, aggressive, but not overly aggressive, in that you're pushing, you're just riding past your enemy to get behind them. Um, you're not looking for charges or anything else. Just get to the rear. Yeah, and with the superior um, mobility of the Targaryen tactics deck and uh, units, you know, doing that is... Uh, you know, fairly, I wouldn't say simple, but it's way easier with them than uh, than a lot of other factions. So I think what it really comes down to is that cavalry units, I think, are underutilized. Uh, I wouldn't say undervalued because you definitely see a lot of uh, cavalry units all over the place, but I think underutilized in their potential. I, I would almost go on a ledge to say that if people really unlocked the potential of cavalry units, that you would see a lot more nerfs across the board for cavalry units. But again, a lot of people just, they'll charge just head forward into units and then just kind of sit there and attack back and forth. But I think if people really, you know, focused on the positioning and getting into better flanks and into the rear and stuff, you'd really start to see cavalry units just decimate units. I agree, but I just think that right now two cavalry units are are maybe better than all the other one, and uh, uh, if you take them a little bit, you nerf them a little bit, I think the cavalry may be uh, at the, the right spot. Because in the old edition, Knight of Castlery Rock was just the, the, the best thing almost in the Lannister arsenal. Right now, they are good, but because the Flamen are so much better, you almost never see Knight of Castlery Rock. But the same thing for the new Edge Knight. Edge Knight are not a unit that are, is this, that bulky, but if you play them well and control the, the, the right zone and with the, 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 the price, because they are so cheap, you can do so many combo and so many flank attack at uh, your opponent that they are they are very very hard shining the other cavalry unit that are 
at disponible at that moment. And that's what screwed me. It's uh, you're the kind of are going break it up there a bit. Uh, um, and yeah, I think uh, I would agree. Like in 1.6, it was definitely quite a bit different um, than 2021 uh, for Calvary. So like in in 2021 or in uh, 1.6, I feel like Calvary just they were so good at what they did that I think that's where a lot of the mindset of just being able to just charge head forward uh, into things was, you know, it was just fine of a plan. You know, you had like even Stark Outriders were so good at just charging into the front of something and doing so much damage that no one even bothered to try to get flanks with them. They didn't really necessarily need it. Um, uh, Lance Calvary, uh, you know, charging right into the front with those Lance Calvary uh, and just pretty much all all uh, Calvary units. I would love to see just Calvary in general get more bonuses for being in the flanks uh, rather than and encourage uh, more of the play style of really maneuverability with them. Um, and 2021 has definitely moved in that direction uh, a lot, uh, as we've seen with um, the Lance Calvary and uh, the Stark Outriders. You know, they definitely shine way better if you really try to work at their maneuverability and get in those flanks. And they're definitely nowhere near as potent as they were just charging right to the front of something. Um, but I think, uh, you know, we'll talk about ranged units in a different show, but I think in 2021, they've really boosted the importance of making your list diverse, you know, and by diverse, you're, you're looking at, you know, you want like at least one range unit, at least one cavalry unit, and then some infantry units. Like you want a little bit of everything because there's so many advantages to all of them. Um, Man, I really just... think it depends on the scenario and the, the, the tournament. You're right. Uh, in a good list, you need uh, several, several strength. You cannot be like just specialist and be good at one thing because if you hit another list that is good against that, uh, your game is going to be screwed. Me, what I like to do is in both of my lists to have uh, like – I always say that uh, in the Song of Ice and Fire, you have rock, paper, scissors, like you told – range, cavalry, and uh, infantry, and you need to have a, a nice mix of the, the three of them. But in a list, maybe I'm going to bring an archer, and the other list, maybe I'm going to bring more cavalry. And when I'm going to see my opponent list, I'm going to go know which one I bring and which one is a useless. Uh, for example, um, when I play against Targaryen, if I see dragon, uh, I don't really uh, bother myself to bring uh, archer, uh, uh, I try it with my friend Steve, and I, I saw that uh, it's not going to be uh, very good. But uh, if I play uh, against uh, the Nightwatch, it's the same thing. Uh, if um, I bring an EV infantry unit list and I see crossbow, I'm going to lose the game because uh, when I'm going to charge in, he's going to activate his order, uh, shift two back. Uh, I'm going to miss my charge uh, uh, almost every time. I need to be very close of him, uh, but if I go too close of him, he's going to be able to shoot me two or three, four times, and I'm going to be dead. 
then you always need to, to, to see what is your opponent list and to have several tools in your toolbox. But if you bring a list with all the tools, you maybe uh, stretch yourself to think. And uh, yes, you have all the tools, but they are maybe not strong enough to do what you want to do. And always check the scenario that you, you are going to play. Me and my mind, you always bring Archer in a Dance with Dragon scenario because when you, the, your enemy takes um, an objective, he is pinned down. Now, it's like he is, tar- is a practice target for your archer. But uh, if you play in other scenarios, uh, uh, your archer may be not that good. In Fire and Blood, you don't bring archer. Yep. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, like you said, it definitely comes down to the mission. And I, I think Simon has done an awesome job with, you know, because there's a two-list format really, you know, forcing you to make your list diverse to handle all the different scenarios. So, like, another big thing that uh, it's hard to use, uh, but it's outflank. Outflank can be, if if your opponent really doesn't know how to handle outflank, outflank can be incredibly strong, like can be game-changing strong. Uh, then again, there's a lot of ways to kind of disrupt outflank, and a big part of that is cavalry units. So if ever you know you're if you're facing a lot of outflank stuff, even just one cavalry unit can really screw up a outflank uh, unit. Because as soon as they pop on that board, you use that cavalry unit and you go charge it. Even though the outflank unit hasn't activated yet, at least they're not charging the rear of something that you have. What about you, Craig? What uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, on outflank, um, I agree with you. Um, but as as a Targaryen Dothraki player, Dothraki player with access to Harakars or however you pronounce it, um, I have a bad habit of if the opponent only has one unit of cavalry, I will still use outflank because that unit can only be in one place at one time, and I'll try to tie it up with something else. Um, be it screamers or or whatever, or I'll just place my unit on the other end of the field. There are so many u- ways to use outflank, especially on a unit like Harakars that have that move like cavalry. Um, it, it's just the the mental thing that it does to your opponent. Um, for example, you want to go second because you want to make sure you can get that unit out there in round two. But in round one, if they they want to, they're going to go first then and they're going to want to take the envelope, you know, get cards in their hand usually, but you're forcing them onto the horse now, leaving the envelope open for you, uh, stuff like that. Lots of mind games you can play with it. Why do you but think Frishwan is going to go in the horse? Me, if I play against you, uh, I don't play the horse uh, right away because I, I don't really care if you... Uh, but it depends. If I have cavalry unit in my army first, because even if you deploy in my back, if I have cavalry, I'm going to go get you, I'm going to kill you. Uh, if I don't have cavalry, for sure I'm going to go get the horse. But if in my list you, I see that you have a cars, I have one or two units of cavalry, I know that if you pop in the back or in the flank, I'm going to get you. And my uh, important uh, infantry unit are protected. I, I don't give a shit about the horse. I'm going to let you take it first round. Uh, and it's going to be even better for me because all your other units are going to be far from me. Right. Yeah, and I think and that... You're not incorrect. Uh, but if you're holding for that, old... go ahead, Craig. Go ahead. 
Okay, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is, is, is you're 100% right. The Calvary is the perfect counter for that. Um, however, if that's the route you're going, which it needs to be, that means your Calvary is not pushing up the table, which is still a win for me, at, le at least the way I play, and that's how I view it. Um, it holds your Calvary in check, keeping your rear clean from a five-point unit. Yeah, it's true, but, you know, the Calvary is so mobile that uh, it's going to be able to go back in the game uh, very quickly. I will have going to let you be um, right if it's going to be an infantry because the infantry is going to be stuck against your Akar and the time is going to be to kill him and after back move uh, toward the action, it's going to be too long. Then the cavalry uh, in one uh, action is going to be there in the free and be able to go back and be useful because it's true. In this game, you have six rounds. If you lose a unit for two rounds, it's almost over uh, and all all the time that your big in, uh, unit is stuck uh, killing an Akar, if, I don't know, if you have fully men and you go kill the Akar, you lose eight points against five. But if you are able to do it in a, in a swift attack, or maybe uh, you need to attack, but you are able to do it in the same round. But after that, the way I see it is you just spend five points. Okay, you may be, um, make me lose a round, but I still get one victory point, And after that, I have 40 points against your 35. Uh, a card is a so tricky unit to play. Me, in my mind, you need to be like very, very good to play them. They are so a double edge uh, knife. And uh, if I see that my opponent, uh, we are in a tournament and uh, I have my Akar list, if he have two lists with a lot of infantry, I'm going to bring it. But if I see one of his two lists uh, that he have one or two uh, cavalry, I may choose my other list and I don't think I'm going to bring the Akars. Uh, it'll all just really depend because. Um, you know, because the Herakars can come on either table edge. And so unless your opponent's all cavalry, um, you can always choose the table edge that only has maybe one cavalry that's going to be able to get to them. Um, and that's if you even choose to outflank. Uh, but, you know, and that's just to go back to the importance of cavalry units. It really, you know, a bunch of infantry units, uh, and that includes ranged infantry units, you know, are very susceptible to cavalry units. Uh, cavalry is, cavalry has very little weaknesses. Um, I was super happy when Simon uh, finally changed the, you know, uh, um, controlling objectives to be based on ranks, because that ultimately gave an inherent uh, downside to cavalry units, you know, because in, let's say, Dance for Dragons or Feast for, for Crows, uh, you don't have to even take a single wound. Like, if I, if I have an infantry unit that has three ranks and charges your cavalry unit that has an objective, and I swing and I fail with all attacks and you don't take a single wound, I still take the objective from you. Because Can I say something? <laughs> yep, if ahead. you go in a Feast of Crow control an objective with a cavalry, your game plan was bad. <laughs> it's the same thing yeah. with the Dancer Dragon. Uh, your cavalry uh, need, really need to have a good uh, game plan, and uh, you need to, to, to kill the, the, uh, the unit of your opponent, and you always need to be fearful of uh, the unit uh, that have um, a token of him. Uh, you're only going to want to kill the uh, commander of the only other faction uh, with cavalry in Dancer Dragon, because after that, your cavalry... Uh, lose all this advantage, and the the reason why they are more they are priced higher because you won't have your mobility. Think for a feast of crew. 
if you control an objective, it's really because you, you just kill a unit and you are kind of stuck on the objective. Your cavalry is there, like um, uh, your partner said, to disrupt and uh, kill other units. You're going to choose your infantry unit to go sit down on the objective. Uh, and that is a very important that in my mind, and I, I think everybody's mind, when you play cavalry, you never play them to go sit on, the, on an objective because you pay extra point for their mobility. And if you go do that, you need to be uh, very, uh, not desperately, but you need to have a game plan or really need this victory point to, uh, to win the game. Yeah, and I think it just depends. So, like, if you're Targaryen and you have nothing but cavalry unit, obviously something's going to have to sit on an objective. Or uh, if it's Dance of Dragons, you know, as soon as you kill, let's say if someone else had the objective and you kill them, you have to take the objective. I don't think there's an option to just let it fall and not take it. And there's then also no option to then Yeah, but in Dance with Dragon, you it. don't go attack the uh, unit that control the objective. You know you have three objectives. Uh, you're just going to attack uh, if it's this commander unit that control it because it's going to make two points each one with it. But you can, you're going to see your opponent. If you see like his huge unit, that uh, infantry unit, I don't know, side knight, that they are worth uh, an arm and a leg, and he goes sit on the objective, but he don't have his commander on it, fine by me. I'm going to let you uh, this objective. Yeah, you're going to do one victory point each round, but I'm going to do victory point with controlling the other objective with my co commander, with my other unit. And after that, uh, with all my other cavalry, I'm going to kill your, your, your unit that don't control objective to do more victory point than you. And uh, yeah, if you do all cav lists, it's perfect, but you don't bring all cav lists in these kind of scenarios. You always need one or two uh, infantry uh, unit to go sit on the objective. You know, cheap one and uh, one that contain your commander uh, if you don't bring Cal Drogo. Yeah. Craig, what are what are your thoughts? Because I know you you pretty much run, at least uh, recently, like all cav cav lists and uh, pretty much like all scenarios. Yeah, I've had a lot of luck with it, but I will say this: um, it is with Dothraki, um, and so Dothraki have access to several different types of cavalry, including one that has a long range attack. So I can hold the objective and still get my use out of the cavalry by shooting the enemy. Yeah, that's true. So that's it's the not a complete thing. waste. And that outrider, that's the reason why I like them. That doing exactly what you just said. Go sit on the objective and shoot your enemy. And when you see that he is coming near you, you can just flee and go uh, be useful elsewhere if you know that he's going to kill you. Outriders are crazy good for that. Uh, they are one of the only objectives that the uh, unit that can go uh, sit on the objective, be useful. And if a threat is coming, it can still just uh, flee because if you do this with a normal um, archer uh, unit, uh, if your enemy go toward you, you're kind of screwed because you cannot really uh, flee. You don't have the, the, the maneuverability. But with the outrider, you can shoot well and you can uh, flee and go elsewhere, be useful and live to fight another day. Yep. Um, as far as like um, Feast for Crows, Fire and Blood, stuff like that, um, what I do there is I just outmaneuver the opponent. Um, sometimes I'll let them take the objective, and then I will go kill them. Um, I'll get in their flank, get in their rear, swarm them, and it doesn't matter 
where uh, the objectives no longer matter because they no longer have an army on the table. And then I'll just take the objectives to get the rest of my points if they have one unit left or whatever. So I, that's kind of how I play it is um, my objective is the enemy and, and not in such a way that I plan to table them or anything, but that I plan to disrupt them so much that I prevent them from playing the scenario when I run all cav lists. Yeah, and that definitely can be a tactic that can really, you know, uh, you know, put a you know pause on your opponent's plan for that for that mission because, like you were saying, disrupting them for what they're trying to do, um, you know, because they're so focused on the mission, and you know, that they kind of lose sight of the damage they're taking. Um, you know, it's always good to play to the mission because that's more often than not how you, you win, even against uh, an, a faction or list that has the advantage on you. But sometimes getting too lost in the mission can be a downside. Uh, I know this from experience, you know, playing uh, the old secret mission objectives where it was, uh, you know, you can forego one of your NCUs on the board to get a point, like, I was doing that, uh, you know, I was just every opportunity just foregoing the board to get three points every round um, and, you know, lost sight of how much damage I was taking on the board where, you know, taking some of the spots on the board not only to block my opponent but also help myself on the board uh, on the battlefield would have, you know, possibly changed the game. Um, so it's definitely something to keep in mind. Um, so with that said, we can move on to, you know, what would you say is, uh, Craig, would, what would you say is probably the biggest mistake people make with cavalry units, in your opinion? Uh, that is, um, well, there's a few. It depends on what kind of cavalry unit you're using. Um, but for the most part, it's being, uh, too aggressive with them, um, throwing them out in front, and YOLO charging them. Um, <laughs> I am guilty of YOLO charging, but I do it on purpose. Um, I'll take like a unit of screamers or whatever. Say I'm running my all-cav list, and my opponent has flayed men and no other cavalry. Well, then I'll just charge a unit of screamers in there and tie, try to tie them up for as long as possible. Um, but in any other case, you do not want your cavalry engaged. Um, use them as finishers. Use them as flankers. Um, as we said earlier in the show, the, the, big, the biggest mistake is simply not being patient. You have to be patient with them. Yeah, I agree with you. And um, it's always not to, um, to let them charge alone. Uh, sometimes I see people that uh, saw an opportunity maybe to... Uh, to uh, kill a unit or maybe, um, I don't know, weaken a unit enough with a charge that the, the, the won't be a factor for the rest of the game. But in doing so, if you, uh, you charge and you kind of isolate yourself, uh, okay, maybe it's good to kill a wolf, maybe it's good to kill Nakar, maybe it's good to, um, to kill another solo unit that you can kill easily and charge with your big uh, cavalry unit. But if you stretch yourself so far that your enemy can... Uh, go attack you with several units, and after that you you lose your big cavalry. It, it's not worth it. Uh, I saw a lot of people that saw an opportunity to kill a unit, 
uh, with his cavalry, but uh, he, he never realized that in doing so, uh, he was putting himself in a, in a situation so bad that he was going to lose his cavalry later. Uh, never charge uh, with a cavalry alone when you see that the opponent have backup. Uh, like you say, yellow charge. If you have a purpose for it, because like you said, your enemy have really a, a strong, good unit that you don't want uh, him to use elsewhere, that's not a yellow charge. That actually is really a strategic uh, a charge, and that's the right way to use them. Uh, if you play against, uh, you, you said Flamen, but you know, uh, Flamen maybe with Caldrogo. Okay, you're going to take your cheap screamer, you charge him, but you do that because you don't want him to go get your commander and kill uh, his attachment. Uh, you're too scared. Okay, you may be going to lose six points, but you're going to take him some time to kill you. And while he's doing this, maybe you, you can uh, do some really good uh, uh, action with your commander unit and win the game while uh, his, uh, his commander unit is stuck killing your, uh, your screamer. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, another um, thing that people do, uh, like one of the biggest mistakes is I think just unit uh, priority, like selecting what the plan is for your cavalry unit, you know, and let's talk about more so like a list that may only have one, uh, because I would say that there's definitely a good amount out there that are like, let's say double flayed men or something, but let's just say like you have one cavalry unit. He's there to kind of complement your list. Uh, and whatever the case may be for that cavalry unit, I think unit priority is, is something that is poorly done. Uh, a lot of the times, you know, picking, you know, cavalry, want to use their superior maneuverability and you kind of want to use that uh use that maneuverability to help them attack thing much weaker than them for a complete mismatch of a of a fight and oh my god i still agree with you the image i give to everybody in my my circle is think of a cavalry like a, a wolf uh, always attack the weaker link, uh, and you attack the, the, the and after the, that you kill the weaker link, go for the the other one. And at the end, when he, you are stuck with the, the the big beefy unit of your opponent, now you you jump in with everything you have, and you don't just don't charge with a cavalry unit that's gonna get killed or get stuck all the game if you charge him first. You're, what you are telling is the the the, the perfect. Um, the, the, the perfect way to uh, to see it, and uh, for the player, the image is always think of your cavalry as a wolf and uh, attack the weaker uh, first, you know, uh, and uh, try it to do it uh, in a pack. Uh, you're right that one cavalry is good, but uh, the, the all cavalry list or the list with two cavalry, like what I I love is it's kind of having two wolves. You, know, you you can have one that distract your enemy and the other ones charge in the back and the flank and think like that. But uh, prior Unit priority. I don't. Choose which unit to kill first. It's a, it's a very very good, and you need to have it in your game plan because if you start the game without it, you're gonna lose. Yeah, and I think unit priority for cavalry, like an all cavalry list, that's a little different. I mean, they're all cavalry, so like priority doesn't. It's a lot less important about it being cavalry and just what the unit is. And if you have, let's say, two or three cavalry. Um, 
it's not as critical. Uh, you still want to obviously have better unit priority and what to fight what, but when you're running like a list with only one, it's your only one. It's your only cavalry, so you really want to make it count. And the last thing you want to do, I've seen this way too many times, you know, they'll run one Flademan, and they run it right up the middle of the table and charge something that's trying to get the middle objective, and then the Flademan unit gets flanked on both sides, and it's like a three-on-one in the Flademan unit, which should be barely survivable, like dies in one and a half rounds or sometimes like one round just because they just flung them up the middle of the field to try to, you know, you know, because they thought the unit was invincible or something, uh, and they just they have no fighting something that they probably shouldn't have been fighting, you know, because a lot of times people will put whatever they put right up the middle, a lot of times will be one of the tankiest units they have. You know, it could be like uh, a Stark unit in some Tully Sworn Shields or something, and, you know, you really want to avoid those tanky units with your uh with your cavalry unit almost at all costs unless you're going to get like the flank or the rear or something where you're really going to make a dent in them and possibly you know capitalize on a on, a, on the ability to wipe them out when you might not have been able to uh by just simply attacking me in the front so uh, Craig, how about how about you for target priority? And let's I, I know we're mentioning like Targaryens, you know, an all cavalry list. It's less important. How would you uh you know, do it before when you would only run like one or two cavalry units, maybe like when you were doing Starks uh back in one point six? Um, so what I would do and and what I still do is that I pick the weakest link. Like he said, the wolf. The wolf doesn't go and attack the opponent's alpha. Uh, the wolf finds the weak one, the sick one. And I will go, if I have something that can hit hard enough to kill it, which is very rare now in 1.7, I will target it and kill it and then use that to snowball. Um, that breaks their formation. Uh, if you're playing Night's Watch, that unit's probably conscripts, uh, if you can get to them. Um, so then you've taken their lifeline away. Um, if it's poor fellows, well, you've busted a big hole. You've only killed four points, but you've taken away an activation. You've broke a hole in their line. And now, with that opening, you can send more stuff through that gap. Um, you can now double start double-teaming units a lot easier. Um, or something else I would do, and it's already been mentioned so far in this episode, is it's not so much... Um, picking a certain target as it is um, picking uh, if I have a unit engaged with my opponent and my opponent's down to six wounds or less or whatever it happens to be, I'm going to pick that one and try to charge that unit in the flank, kill it, and now I have a cavalry unit and an infantry unit freed up. So I would use it as a finisher uh, more often than not. Yeah, and I would say that if you're charging, like you said, that scenario where you're charging in to finish off a unit, and even if that puts your cavalry unit in charge range from an unactivated unit, if you have a pretty good shot to uh, kill the unit that you're charging, then do it. Because even though 
uh, something else is going to now be able to charge your cavalry, you're going to get that pivot after the kill. You're going to free up that infantry unit. It's going to be, you know, that you'll have an activation killed on your opponent. And then whatever it is that's going to charge your cavalry that's now kind of in the open a bit, just take a turn uh, and retreat away. Or even if the... Um, the maneuver zone hasn't been claimed yet. Use your NCU, and even though you might take some damage, I mean, you could even take, like, a rank, but I think in the end uh, you'll you'll make, you'll make come out on top in that uh, scenario. Um, and then there's always definitely, there's always ways to, you know, heal up from that. Yeah, your surge fort is very, very strong, yeah. and... You always need to consider it, uh, like you said. If you you know that you can get the unit out, but me in my mind, you need to be uh, almost sure that you're gonna be able to do it. I don't like gamble, and uh, if you fail uh, taking out a unit because uh, you took a gamble, uh, that's really bad for you. And after that, uh, you may lose your cavalry, and uh, it's so uh, pricey that uh, you're gonna have a huge handicap in your game. But if you have a real opportunity, a real good one, that you have very good odd, like you said, uh, kill the, the unit and after that search for, search for it away. And uh, if you are caught, never never be shy to do a, a retreat action. Uh, some people always forget that um, if you charge an enemy in, uh, in the flank and after that uh, hit you back and uh, you take the urge to uh, retreat, even if you uh, retreat and the enemy can face you, uh, the, the next round or your next activation, you are so mobile that you, with your extra um, maneuver, you can just go further in the in the uni, enemy unit back and charge another unit in the back, and that's the great tactic too with the the, the cavalry unit. The, uh, don't never, you never need you 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 need to think that they are not uh, stuck in concrete. Uh, and it's not because that you charge a unit and uh, the, the result was maybe not what you wanted, that you need to uh, attack this unit again. Uh, check where they can be useful, maybe elsewhere. Because uh, if you say, okay, I need to kill this unit uh, absolutely with my cavalry because I kind of put my, uh, my, my eggs there, uh, but it's going to be bad for you because you're going to put all your eggs in the same basket uh, but if you see the, the other opportunity or other way to attack your opponent, it's crazy good. And like I said, me, my specialty is to always uh, bring my cavalry slowly but surely in the back of my enemy unit. And as soon as you have a, a cavalry in his back, uh, your opponent never know what to do. And uh, you screwed all his game plan and sometimes uh, they panic. Yeah, and when you get that surge force, never, like, be afraid to, you know, completely run away your, like, five or six inches. Because another thing to, you know, to remember is you have that mobility. So there, even though you're going, like, five or six inches away from the enemy, a lot of times that can mean the difference between them getting to you and you still being able to get to them because of how fast you move. Um, I've had plenty of times, especially in... Uh, um, fire and blood where you know you start only 12 inches away and if you charge into something and kill it you can retreat back into the your the ranks of the rest of your force and though you may be activated uh your opponent is going to have to 
get uh if they charge into your cavalry you know you have all of your other forces sitting right there and sometimes if you have another cavalry you can easily get into their flank or rear if they come to you so we're about at the one hour mark um i think we can we'll go through and we'll kind of get everyone's final thoughts um so craig we'll start with you what uh what are kind of your final thoughts for cavalry uh, I think cavalry are the best and most important tool in the game. Um, however, you have to know and have to remember what type of cavalry unit you have, um, what it does best, and then how to capitalize on that. And always remember, be patient. Um, how about you, uh, Lords, of, Lords of the North? <laughs> My name is Phil, by the way. Uh, cavalry, <laughs> it's an uh, important tool in your toolbox. Uh, it's almost one of the, the most important, but it's still just a tool. Always check uh, your animal list. Always um, take in, uh, uh, in mind uh, your, the, 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 the scenario that you are playing. But what uh, Craig said is so true. Uh, cavalry, you need, need to be played. Um, with a game plan. If you charge in the face of your opponent, if you you don't uh, know what you're going to do with them in a round or two rounds, uh, you don't play them well. Uh, you cannot uh, spend eight points on the cavalry unit and uh, make them uh, their activation not worth it. But if you have a game plan, you know how to use them. Uh, they are so efficient. They are so good they are going to uh, make you win the game. Me, I, I just, uh, when I play with my partner, uh, sometimes when they do a, a move that in my mind may not be optimal, I'll always wait, ask him in a practice game, okay, what is your plan and what's your next move going to be? And when he, he tell me, uh, I don't know, uh, I always say, that's your mistake, you know. You need to always have a plan with cavalry. Uh, if you don't, they, they are going to um, hinder you more that they're going to help you. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, to kind of close it out, I think cavalry units are kind of a double-edged sword. If you're not taking advantage of their maneuverability, in a lot of ways, a smart player can use your maneuverability to actually make cavalry weaker. Uh, and by that, what I mean is, if you're overextending yourself, you're, you know, as we've mentioned a couple times in the episode, is that if you're just going way too up there, kind of out in the middle of nowhere, a lot of times, you know, you can uh, open your flanks up to your opponent to get into into better positioning to your unit. Because if you just, let's say, run a list with just a bunch of infantry, Yes, you may be slow and you may not have that maneuverability, but a lot of times you have this battle formation, this line that it's hard to penetrate in some scenarios. But if you have that cavalry unit and you overextend, it creates not only a gap in the rest of your force um, because they're off wherever, but also, again, if they're in the wrong, you know, if they're pivoted the wrong way and their flank is now exposed, it can that speed can turn against you. And I think always keeping in mind, you know, your maneuverability as your your tool, 
not your opponents. And it it really comes down to uh, making sure that uh, you you factor everything in. You know, there's always going to be you know different scenarios and different things that pop up. And as you were mentioning, you, know, you really have to think about uh, so many turns ahead, and that's really important to do. We, I mentioned it an uh, episode or two ago that, you know, you know, I used to play chess all the time as a little kid before I, like, really dove into tabletop games, and I was really good at it. And thinking ahead, so many actions uh, or turns uh, in this game is important. Because what may seem like an like a, an immediate benefit by doing this action or this you know this thing in this turn, if you were to do all the turns in your head and, and go okay if I do this my opponent's going to do that I will do this and then my opponent do that that initial um, action that you make may actually be really bad for you in the long run of the game so. Um, Action like doing certain things may not always be as straightforward as they seem, uh, and cavalry units I think are probably one of the easiest uh, units in the game to take advantage or to take for granted uh, their capability. All right. With that said, um, close out the show with some shout-outs. Uh, do you guys have any shout-outs you want to do? I do not. <laughs> yes, to you, uh, because you, you helped me to grow my channel. Uh, I really think that people are um, going to like what they saw if they take the time to go uh, just click on it and listen to it. And uh, you're going to see, I, I, I really have um, a side of me that is a troll and like to uh, make joke. And uh, <laughs> uh, when you're going to listen to my video, uh, you'll see that I... Uh, it's funny, and uh, you have a, you're gonna have a good time. When I do something, that's always my goal. Uh, shout out to uh, On the Table Gaming, and uh, because they are the other um, platform that uh, help my uh, channel and that uh, send some good work for me. And, uh, and the, that's all for me. And uh, thank you very much for having me tonight. Awesome. Yeah, of course. And you know, for anyone listening, I. Definitely go check out uh, his work on YouTube. Um, only a handful of videos so far, but you know uh, they're amazing work. Uh, so far, what I've seen, you know, everyone's thought it's amazing. Uh, all in the comments, not only on the YouTube uh, videos themselves, but also when you post them on the Facebook uh, groups. A lot of people on there have just had nothing but good things to say. So. Um, definitely go check out uh, those videos, not only the battle reports, but also, you know, just kind of the, the tactics talks um, you know what, actually, on there as well. I always thought that the battle reports are going to have more people to, um, that listen to them, uh, but that, that's not true. The, the, the Let's talk about the fire are getting so much more click and uh, uh, faster than any battle report I ever made. Yeah, I think it... Uh, I think it comes down to a lot of, you know, me, uh, me personally, I, I like listening to them because I like listening to a lot of that stuff while I paint. And so you got a lot of the painters out there or the just people who can listen to it like while they're driving. And so I think uh, their battle reports are awesome, but a lot of people 
are doing things that uh, that listening to something's just a lot easier uh, a lot of the time. Um, where you know, so the those you can listen and or watch, whereas the battle reports, even though it has the commentary, a lot of times a lot of people want to actually watch the battle reports. So I think you when you when you talk about stuff, you you have like a wider uh, fan base or a wider possibility of people that are able to uh, to watch or listen. Yeah, but that's true. Both but, are. Uh, if I can say to all the Panther, um, log in the the battle report uh, because the the, the fact that um, we are commenting what we are doing uh, while we are looking ourselves play, uh, it's still very good just to uh, listen the audio of the the, the battle report. And um, what I, I saw it more you go uh, further in my battle report, maybe my two last one, the fourth and the five, and you're gonna see that we improve. Uh, uh, ourselves a lot and uh, I think that maybe the, the, the second one or maybe even the, the, the first one uh, we were like fumbling on the word and sometimes we didn't have the, the, the experience on what we were going to do and was maybe too uh, analytic but uh, more and more that we are doing it more and more we are we are having fun and uh, the fact that we can discuss of what we were thinking and what was our strategy at that time it's very good and uh, you don't need to, to see the uh, the screen to understand and uh, follow the, the the episode. Yeah, and I think uh, I think a lot of people would. Um, so I, you know, I'll try to do my best to get the word out there because not not a lot of battle reports do commentary. So I think a lot of people just assume when they see like a battle report, they just assume it's going to be no commentary. Um, so I think. Uh, you know, the more the we can get the word out there that your battle reports have commentary, I think will really open up uh, a lot of the people who paint or just listen uh, on the road to, yeah. you know, listen if, to those. If people can overcome my huge accent and the fact that I stumbled on so many <laughs> words in English, they're going to have fun. <laughs> no, I think it's it's definitely uh, not bad at all. I think uh, it it's uh, very clear and you know, easy to understand. So um, it's still hard because when you try to um, take some specific word, uh, you always have the answer in French in my head, and I try to translate them. And sometimes <laughs> it, it goes so wrong, and I say, "Oh my God, what the people can think when I I, I told this word? Uh, it's really really bad." Why it makes like baby sentence or like a kindergarten sentence that the, the guys say, "Okay, I'm pretty sure that this guy is bring that," but <laughs> it's just because it's my second language, <laughs> and sometimes it's really hard to translate while you're you're taking of your strategy. <laughs> no, yeah, you're good. Uh, I think uh, I I don't think anyone will have a problem with that. Um, <laughs> All right, yeah, thank uh, you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, so, other shout outs I want to do is. Um, to, as you were saying, On the Table Gaming, awesome channel. Uh, like the top guy out there, I would argue, for anything uh, content-related. Re um, does tons of stuff, so definitely go check out Chase from On the Table Gaming. Uh, Sunday Slaughter, uh, amazing uh, podcast and battle reports. Definitely go check them out. They have a Patreon. Oh, um, do you have uh, any way to for people to support you? Do you have a Patreon or anything? 
Oh, no, no, no. I do this for fun. Uh, I don't have a Patreon. I don't have the intention to have one. Me, the only one, the, 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 just the fact that I can participate like this with you and uh, to, to be able to reach the community, uh, that's my fun. And uh, I like this, you know, I was able to uh, talk to Chase, talk to Brett because of the, the channel. Maybe someday I'm going to talk to Chris. Uh, I know that I, I, I look at his channel and... Um, uh, while looking at it, I learned so much in editing and uh, just to have this tool in my life, you know, to be able to edit because I, I look at other battle reports and I decide to uh, throw myself at it. I'm really glad I, 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 I did this and I, now I have that uh, tool uh, to all other things uh, related, you know. Then uh, you, that's all. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't want to, uh, to go uh, that way and that's not my editation. That's my hobby and uh, I just do it to have fun. I agree. We uh we do the same thing and you know it so with that said I would highly encourage everyone if you want to support uh Lords of the North uh YouTube channel, you know, you can show that support just by, you know, hitting the subscribe button, you know, leaving uh you know, likes and comments on, on each video and uh, you know, trying to share their content out, you know, wherever you can. Um that's that's the best way you can sh- support us as small council radio and that's the best way you can support lords of the north if you if you like our content um you know again i want to thank you so much for coming on uh i i wish you the best in you know all the content that you create and i can't wait uh for the next video you upload and thank you very much to you to have invite me and <laughs> to have taken the, the only day that I was free to do it <laughs> you know it was kind of hard to, uh, <laughs> to schedule ourselves no, yeah, you're good. Um, tonight, uh, with everything going on, uh, was just about as good as any other night. Um, but uh, this time of day is uh, a little easier for me, so it worked out pretty good. All right. Awesome. David, Craig, All right. a big thank you to you. I'm going to uh, go uh, help my wife with the kids, and uh, uh, I appreciate what um, the opportunity that you gave me to tonight. Yeah, enjoy yep, your night. Of course. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. So with that said, we are going to officially, officially, officially close out. Uh, I want to say thank you all for tuning in. Uh, I want to thank our guests, and I want to thank uh, my co-host Craig for uh, coming on tonight. Um, stay tuned. Our next show should be Sunday, but, you know, Brett. Brett's a little... He's a weird guy, um, but he should be on with me and maybe someone else. Um, we'll f- we'll fr- probably find that out more a little closer to the date. But this Sunday, um, the usual time, I believe 4 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, uh, we should be doing a show. Forget the topic, but uh, just stay tuned for that. And uh, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed this show and um, definitely go check out our huge catalog. I I would have to count them again, but I'm pretty sure we uh, broke 100 episodes uh, like an episode ago or something like that. Um, With that said, this is the Small Council Radio, and it is dismissed.